Hey, what's up, and welcome back to the Heading for Home podcast. Today's guest is Justin Ruckty. So Justin played at Rice University, Houston boy that got to live out his dream and be a part of the College World Series team that won it in 2003. He was the guy that got the game-winning hit against Houston Street that really propelled them in that World Series. And after that, got drafted by the Mariners, played several years there, and now is successful in the oil and gas industry outside of Houston. But really cool talking to him about just kind of growing up in that area, just the importance of, you know, playing for that team that won the national title as the hometown boy and just you know, kind of how that's shaped the rest of his life. So hope you enjoy this one. Thanks so much again. Take me through your your career and, and not just your career, but like how baseball started, you know, what, what kind of led you on the path to baseball? Well, I mean, like most guys that have talked on here, I guess that was... <laughs> Well, let me backtrack. I probably wasn't athletic enough to do many other sports, and I think I, I really turned myself into a baseball player. Yeah. Uh, at eight, when, once you could start stealing bases, I started catching and kind of found a niche, um, you know, on the defensive side in particular, and, and I just stuck with it. It became something that, you know, I was addicted to, and I wanted to learn more about and, you know, work with kids nowadays and have access to just unlimited information they can go google search any hitter they want (laughs) and i remember being excited when the all-star game was on because it was like the first time you got to see an american league ballpark and american league players because i mean i grew up in houston with the astros national league and uh it was astros cubs and braves those are the only three teams you got to see nationally so yeah um baseball cards i mean you name it i was that's that's what we did as a family that was our vacations um, that was, you know, qualify for state, go to the regional and pack up the van and drive to El Paso <laughs> and drive to Farmington, New Mexico and nice. bring grandma with you. And, uh, yeah, those were our childhood memories. And, um, I wouldn't have changed that. And, and my middle brother did the same and my youngest brother did the same and, okay. and how my parents afforded it. I have no idea. Uh, I don't know. This was right before it was probably right before select baseball, quote unquote, Hey, I'm going to go form a team of badasses from all these different areas. And I played on my first select team at 13 and, uh, it was, it was a different experience. You grew up playing in your neighborhood with your friends and all of a sudden now I'm skipping games with my neighborhood team to go play with these kids. I didn't even know. And, uh, I think, I guess it paid off. I mean, we ended up playing some good baseball, but at the time it was a newer concept. And I remember there was some animosity there and, uh, even into high school, hey, why aren't you playing with the summer high school team? And I had a select program I was playing with. It was all kind of new back then. Yeah. You know, it was kind of pre-lessons. You know, nobody was doing lessons full-time yet. And and really, if you wanted to work, you could just work your way in. I was addicted to the work part of it. Interesting. And so okay. in high school, yeah, in high school when people were going out and generally making bad decisions, I, I had a group of friends and, and every day after school, we'd hit, we'd run, we'd throw, we'd lift. And I got addicted to the the work part of it, um, and and I think that I think that kind of set the kind of set the tone for the rest of my career. I, I think I think more than anything, I miss the work aspect of it, mm-hmm. and just the, you know, hey, I've got goals that I want to achieve, and it's up to me to do it. There's nobody pushing me to do it. I don't have a boss that I'm reporting to. Um, but I don't know if you remember. So you were recruited. We, we, trace it back we're about the same age getting those letters from scouts i guess that was kind of the first time i was like hey man this might be something i 
maybe I'm better than I think I am was my sophomore year in high school. And we had a, a pitching prospect that was getting looked at and I was getting to catch on varsity as a sophomore. Um, he come in your locker and there's a letter from the A's like the, yeah. the business card yeah, with like exactly. the embossed logo on them. Yeah. I think, I think my folks still have a whole book of them of just these business cards and kind of casually open it in front of your buddies. Oh, no, it's nothing. I already got one from this team and you know, no big deal, but uh, it was cool. Like that was when I was like, Oh crap, maybe I can do this. Yeah. Um, so I ended up signing with, um, that, and I was a good high school player. Uh, oddly enough, I never made all district. Um, despite being a three-year letterman, I had in our district in, in Houston at the time, I mean, the, the baseball competition and still is off the chart. Oh, I sure. mean, from yeah, yeah. the entire greater Houston area up to the Woodlands, Tomball, where I live currently, I mean, every year these teams are competing at every level for state championships. So, I mean, every year I had a kid in my district hitting 500 at my position <laughs> for two of them. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, I'm honorable mention every year and I go on to be a division one, uh, baseball player. But, uh, I ended up signing with Dallas Baptist and it knew nothing about Dallas Baptist. It was, it was my junior, it was actually my sophomore summer. No, it was my junior fall, I guess. And my dad said, Hey, you want to, you want to run up? There's an open workout. He found it in the newspaper section. Oh, wow. Again, this is kind oh, of pre, yeah. pre internet. I mean, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm like, I was kind of getting anxious. I'm like, man, I, I really want to play obviously. And I'd already, written the letters i was i remember sitting at the computer typing the most ridiculous janky letters to baylor to texas a&m to ut hi my name's justin here's where i play i'd love for you to come see me because there's no access to players yeah, other than you I promoting know. yourself it's crazy to think that that was only 20 uh, yeah about 20 something years ago um so my dad said hey Let's go up to this Dallas Baptist workout. I'm sure that I'm sure TCU might be there. <laughs> yeah. So we drive up to Arlington and I remembered um, it was a wet, rainy day. It was an open workout in the fall. Okay. And uh, these guys had never seen me before and I didn't know anything about the campus. I get out there to catch bullpens because it's always run your 60s, which for catchers was like, okay, let's get this over with. <laughs> and then I'll go catch my bullpens. And you remember, I'm sure, going to these workouts, and you're trying to light that gun up, man. Yeah, you're you're snapping breaking balls off, and uh, the kid I was catching was a disaster, just scudding them in, bouncing, you know, 45 footers, <laughs> and I'm bodying them up, blocking them, and I'm throwing them back to him harder than he was throwing them to me. Um, we went through to second, and that coach pulled me over and offered me a scholarship on the spot. Oh, wow. I hadn't even watched me hit yet. And so I always use that as, as, as not an example to talk about myself, but with the kids that I trained and worked with, it's like, you guys think you got to do so much more than you actually do to play in college. Yeah. You have to be a guy that that coach can count on. You have to be a leader. You have to hustle, the, the little things like that. Um, so I ended up signing there and the coach retired or quit. And uh, my summer coach ended up helping me get a spot at San Jack. I was going to, going to honor that commitment to DBU if the, if the coach stayed, but the assistant that signed me didn't get the job and he ended okay. up quitting. Um, so a whole new coaching so, staff, if you were going to go in there, had no clue who you were. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was, I was on the fence about it anyway. Again, I went up there just blindly and they were provisional division one at the time. So okay. I think we had traced it by my junior or senior year, they were going to be a division one program. So I was going to kind of be in that group that ushered them in and, I just remembered kind of being on the fence about it and I thought about it and prayed about it a lot. And the San Jack opportunity opened up for me. That's where I met Zach. Yep. Uh, so I went in, I remember I signed my, that June 
<laughs> June before school started. And I think I, I don't think I was first on the dev chart. In fact, I know I wasn't, but it was an opportunity to go get better. Um, again, my summer coach, Phil Cross, helped me get plugged in there, and I'm forever indebted to him. Um, and that freshman fall, I had a horrible, horrible fall. I think I hit like 170. I didn't catch well. I lost like 15 pounds because, you know, Juco, all you did is run for yeah. no reason. Oh, Practice yeah, no. finished, and it's like, we got three miles. Let's just in your cup, in your pants, in your spikes. Let's yeah. just keep running. <laughs> it was freaking nuts. We would have those all-day marathon scrimmages. Hey, guys, we're going to Texas Lutheran. Uh, we got enough pitching for about 25 innings, so we'll see if we can get that in before dark. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. It was insane, insane, the work that you did. Yeah, it, and, and Exactly. And uh, it, we had a catcher that, that kind of got the yips, and he couldn't play catch, and he couldn't throw any of the bases, and it opened up an opportunity for me to kind of step in and play. And I ended up having a good year. I ended up – I was the starter. I think I would catch two out of three games. and. Mm-hmm hit 340 that year made all conference um was drafted by baltimore didn't sign and uh actually that summer i was playing summer ball and was approached by lsu they were they called me man it was july and uh june of of my freshman summer and you know it's not really cricket to leave juco after one year it's kind of yeah so they had called and, and they said hey we need you to come in you'll start right away and i'm like and what's the catch? And apparently they'd had a ton of kids drafted, all of them signed, and they had no one coming in. Yeah. And uh, so I I said yes. And on the ride home, literally on the ride home, Rice called and offered. They said, hey, stick for your sophomore year. You'll come in and, and start as a uh, junior. So anyway, um, they said, you know, if you want to stick around, you come in your junior year and compete for a spot. And I, that's where I wanted to go growing up. I mean, it was in Houston. I grew up in Houston watching – Lance Berkman and Damon Thames and those guys as that program was kind of on the come up. I mean, the late nineties is really when early mid nineties was when Graham took over and really changed that program. And so I, for me, it was a, it was a no brainer. And I felt a lot, I felt like they wanted me instead of, Hey, after we get through this year, we'll go get somebody else to come in and kind of fill that spot. Well, that's, you know, again, childhood dream, right? You, you grow up in Houston, go to rice. And and it's one of those things that, you know, a lot of people listen are from California like rice is a big deal in Houston. Like in you know, playing oh, yeah. with some guys and just the the pedigree of the program. Like it's it's a big deal. It's you, know, you get a ton of success out of that program. Yeah, what what people don't realize is what just what a small school it is too. I think when I was there, the undergrad was under three thousand. Oh wow! I mean, it's tiny. Okay. Yeah, it's it's really small. So um, yeah, that ended up working out great. Obviously, and and played my two years there. Uh, was drafted senior season and. Um, that was exciting. Didn't again being drafted once at San Jack. Um, I, I, I I was expecting to go. I wasn't sure when I would go. Uh, and I remember the whole group. We were out. We were still playing in the playoffs, and they came out and actually and we're, were one by one announcing the guys that got drafted. So I had to kind of play it cool. I was hitting BP. Hey, uh, ninth round. I'm like, oh, okay, sweet. And inside, I'm thinking, oh my god, this is like the freaking <laughs> biggest deal in the whole world. So. But we had like nine guys that year go. Well, so weren't you guys insane. a College World Series team that year? Yeah, yeah. So O two and O three. O three we we ended up winning. Yeah, so that's right. that, yeah. I couldn't negotiate a contract um the entire time we were up there. So I had a, a senior signee in the eighth round and a senior signee in the tenth round. And I remember my scout told me, he goes, Hey, look, 
the Mariners don't pay seniors. They yeah. because the, ironically enough, my brother was drafted by the same team twice before I signed oh, with wow. them. So okay. he had had arm surgery, and so I knew his scout, who ended up being my scout. And he goes, "You're not going to be happy with your bonus. I'll do everything I can, but." And by the time I had got around to negotiating, I was pigeonholed anyway. Yeah. So I think, I think my agent ended up getting me an extra five hundred bucks, <laughs> and I was down absolutely down the road. So. Yeah, no, I I know that feeling, man. Seeing your sign again, if the guy in front of you signs for nothing, you're cooked. Like you got, oh yeah, yeah, no chance. Yeah, it was already notoriously a team that doesn't pay either. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Um, were you a senior signing? I was. As well? Yeah, yeah. I got drafted okay. my junior year, and you know. Wanted to do what you did. Wanted to go to the College World Series. We didn't make it, but so went back. I got, got drafted again in the senior year. And, Where'd you and, play? Uh, University of Florida. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I yeah. heard one of the other pods yeah, you yeah, played yeah, with some yeah, of those guys. Yeah. But yeah, we ended up playing Stanford team in the finals there. Um, I ended up having a walk-off against UT in nice. the uh, semi, which to this day was probably the, the best game I've ever played, top to bottom. Uh, threw a couple people out. And, you know, of course – that was, I think, the first year of high-definition high television. So all of our College World Series highlights were being advertised on televisions at Best Buy. So I remember my dad would just oh, go up wow. to Best Buy and look at TVs and just watch the highlight reel of his son <laughs> getting game-winning hit and stuff. So, yeah, it was, it was, uh, that was a heck of an experience. Came yeah, home, man. big was, parade. I mean, it was a blast. It really was. It was like a dream team, too. Think about how many – you said you had nine guys picked? Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, that's um, crazy. And, and you know who else was, was on that was, group? So that's what's crazy is is of that team. Um, I, I would and I've seen rankings where you know I, I guess top ten teams of whatever the last fifty years and and we're on a lot of those lists and we didn't have the star power that Stanford had. I mean, yeah. or that UT had. I mean, Stanford had Carlos Quinton and Johnny Ash and uh, Brian, Sam Full. Garco. Garco yeah. played in a big yeah, – yeah, we were both finalists for the Johnny bench, and I'm looking over there, and he's, like, hitting 380, and I'm like, I, I think I can get to 300 if I <laughs> get two more at-bats and go two for two. Um, but but my my tools were always defense. But, but going back to our guys, I mean, we had three first-rounders. So my senior year, I caught three sophomores that the next year were first-round draft picks all in the same class. So uh-huh. – uh, that was an incredible amount of talent, but a, a lot of responsibility too. I I, I called every pitch, which oh, is wow. just unheard of. Yeah. Even back then, it was they were starting to transition to getting pitches from the dugout. But I called every pitch, um, which with that came a lot of responsibility, a lot of ass chewings, uh, especially when you have three first rounders. Yeah. That, you know, if something goes wrong, it was probably my it was, fault. Exactly. At least you're getting yeah. blamed for it. Yeah. Oh, for sure, absolutely. Um, and, and Graham didn't think I could hit. So I remember he pulled me over. We had a, a first-rounder, uh, Vincent Sinisi, that was drafted. He was a Boris guy. He was drafted in the first by the uh, Rangers. Um, and I remember he pulled me aside. He said he called me Rudge. Could never say my last name right. Yeah. Rudge, come here. Ran over there, and he goes, I want you to watch him hit. I said, all right, coach. And he goes, what you're looking at, it's like Picasso. And I said, yeah, yes, sir. And he goes, I just need for you to survive in the batter's box. If you could just survive, we'll have a chance to win. And I was like, damn, man, I, you know, I was a 350 hitter my entire life till I got to Rice. And I started being told, oh, man, this guy, he's, you know, he's going to struggle. He's, and I think I played into that a little bit. And yeah. I think I carried a lot of that into my professional career as well. Um, but, no, it, that was a phenomenal. We had a, a Jose Cruz's son, Enrique, played yep. uh, for us. Um, still very involved in youth baseball in the area here. Um we had a track guy. 
we had a guy that started in center field for us that ran track at Rice, and his senior year, um, we were kind of thin in the outfield. That team was was honestly really thin, position by position. We didn't have a lot of depth, um, and he came out for the team, and he would chop balls in the ground and beat them out to first. <laughs> and he was such a bad base stealer that he couldn't even steal straight away. He'd have to get a secondary and delay steal every time. Oh so my gosh. After he got thrown out five or six times in a row, he started delaying, and I think he was like 20 for 20 after that. Oh, my but gosh. Yeah, it it was weird looking back at that and, and how thin we actually were. But um, did you guys, when you were at Florida, did y'all compete at the National? I mean, did y'all make it to the Omaha? Never made it to Omaha. Lost to get there two years in a row to Miami. Like, so really, Ugh. yeah, just freaking just Miami. That was Ryan Miami. Braun was a freshman he my a first fresh, year up there. Yeah, freshman in 03. My junior year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, or senior. Super, he was yeah, a beast. super talented group. I mean, they had a bunch of guys, even if they didn't make the big leagues, a bunch of longtime minor league, really successful players. And they had a little bit of a, they had home home field advantage always. Yeah. You know, they yeah. just had that thing going down in Coral Gables. And for whatever reason, man, we were, First year they won the national title and they were plainly I better. That. It wasn't. I mean, it was. They were better. Second year we were better and we just didn't get it done. Yeah. But to this yeah. day, it bums me out. But it is what oh, it is. I, I know. I know. And 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 you know, it's such a small window. And I, I remember actually, funny you mentioned being the better team and losing. Uh, that year that I signed with Rice, we ended up playing LSU in the Super Regional uh, my junior year. So I should have been at LSU. Yeah. And uh, I remember playing them at home in the Super, and every seat behind home plate was blue and gray. Everything else was purple and gold. It was the most hostile environment I'd ever played in, <laughs> and it was our own stadium. Because, I mean, hell, all those people drive in oh, just yeah. across the border. Yeah, they're and in they their motorhomes, man. I was it was brutal, and our poor guy Matt Moke, he was a kind of a fifth infielder and didn't play a lot that year. And he'd jog out to warm up the uh, the right the right fielder, and it was a Rudy chant at our home park, Rudy, Rudy. And he comes back dying, laughing. And but you know what? After we won it, those coaches, hey, I wish we would have had you, and good luck. And the fans, same thing, good yep. luck up yep. there. And, and so I got to go twice, and we got to I got to play in the JUCO with Zach yeah. uh, at San Jack, and that was a heck of an experience too. Um, so I was lucky. Played in the Connie Mac uh, my senior year. I don't know. Was that something you guys gunned for every we year? We were in American football? Legion, so so little, you didn't little different. No, yeah, no, no Connie Mac. Yeah, but but I mean you know same. We had the summer ball thing, and oh, there's yeah. definitely that that goal to do that for sure. Yeah. Well, that was first first time I'd ever stayed with a host family. In fact, first of many. But uh, man, yeah, they put us up. Uh, my buddy and I show up, and this is Farmington. This is a big deal. This is as big a deal to that town as Omaha is the College World Series. And uh, they said, "Well, you know, your host family's out of town, but they're going to be back in two or three days. We've got you set up with somebody else." So we get over there. It's a single mom with a pool in the back and a hot tub, good looking lady and a pool table. And it's like, Oh, we'll just stay here. Like we're good when they, we'll be fine right here. But it's funny. I actually am still close with that host family that hosted me. I'm telling you the people, I always told my wife, I'm like, if, if we ever lived in a small town, as much of a mess as it would be to probably deal with some shithead staying at your house, yeah. I would love to pay it forward because I have had so many people. I'm sure you have too. Yep. So many people that have just opened their homes up to you oh, yeah. sight unseen. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. No, and, it, I agree. And, and there's been good ones and there's been 
I had a family that kicked their own kids out of their bedroom and made them sleep on the couch for like a full year while me and some random guy slept in their bed. Like it's <laughs> odd. It's kind of odd. Yeah, right. I had other ones that, uh, you know, I had a guy in San Antonio in double A that was, I get there during Lent and, and to this day, he's a close friend. I get there during Lent. He's a single guy. And for Lent, he had given up television, meat, uh, beer. He worked for Gambrinus Corp. So he worked for Shiner Corona. He had a beer fridge. He goes, help yourself. I'm not having any. And every night during Lent, he's in bed after the game. I, I'm like, can I, can I put the TV on? I feel, <laughs> feel kind of guilty putting the TV on. He rolled out the red. My family could drive up when I was up there. He let him. Man, here's the keys to the car. Just such an amazing person. Has a best friend on made a pen pal on death row that he goes oh, wow. and spends Thanksgiving with just oh, witnessing wow. to him. He's just an incredible individual. So yeah, yeah but you run the gamut of like, yeah, why sure. am I living here? And Holy smokes, what an amazing person. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a fun thing. Did you, you had host families, eh? I had host families. Yes. Um, some phenomenal ones. I, you know, the, my first year in pro ball, you know, family in uh, Niles, Ohio, that same thing, totally opened up their house, you know, fantastic. Yeah. I had some in, Getting further down the line in the Atlantic League, you know, ended up at a host family's again, which I never thought I'd be at. He was like 28 yeah. at the time. But, you know, this family named the Allens, Barbara and Carrie, just fantastic people. Um, Carrie actually yeah. was, a, was a, I think he was in the submarines, you know, it did was in the Navy, you know, lived in the submarines when, you know, when he was younger. And then now he was working with, like when I was there, he's with the U.S. Treasury. So great people. Yeah couldn't have been nicer to us and and you know still like you said still keep in contact with them so yeah, yeah it's man, incredible but just yeah. the people that you meet yeah not only not only the guys and the coaches you play for but just like the random people you encounter the people with facebook friends that yeah. that yeah you're still in touch on facebook but it was some kid that was a bat boy in wisconsin when you were up there you know it's like and it's crazy and you get to see how they uh, you know how they move and how their yeah. lives change yeah, and, for sure. i mean i had a guy that i stayed with in summer ball um you know, collegiate league. I, it was the uh, Pacific Coast League, and so it was a lot of Carolina schools, okay. uh, a lot of Virginia guys, uh, not a lot of Texas guys. And I went there my junior year, and uh, yeah, the guy that I stayed with was a was a judge. So on an off day, my roommate and I went and sat in the jury box, watched him put dudes in jail, sent them <laughs> sentenced them to all kinds of different stuff. He's like, "Hey, you guys want to go on a helicopter ride? Hell yeah, let's go!" So <laughs> hopped in my bailiff's a helicopter guy. I mean, it was like stuff you would never even yeah. think about doing. Yeah. And you're over here in freaking North Point or uh, High Point, North, High Carolina, Point North Carolina, riding in a helicopter with some dude you've just met two weeks ago. Like, Beautiful. It's, <laughs> it's be yeah, one of those things. Beauty of baseball. All right, so, so yeah. take me to pro ball. So you get drafted ninth round. You guys win the College World Series. You know, obviously a tremendous experience. So what was, what was the transition like into professional baseball? Uh, well, I mean, for me, I, I was lucky enough to win – my last college game in yeah. front of, I don't know, 26,000 people at that time. Um, you know, every game was a session record up to that point. So, I mean, we had a great, great turnout up there. I come home. So that's 26,000 people. I had injured my groin in, uh, one of the last game, one of the semifinals against Texas and, uh, came up short. I think every one of our guys had debilitating injuries and they're playing through them. And so, I wasn't fit to play. I came home and signed my contract, but I, I went. They put me on a plane, or put me on a plane, flew me. I think they thought I was somebody else. They <laughs> flew me first class to Seattle, and my my plane ticket to Seattle probably was better than my bonus. But um, they flew me up there, 
put me in the penthouse of some uh, non-chain hotel downtown, gave me a stipend, said, here you go, go get something to eat, just be at the doctor's office at Safeco tomorrow at whatever time. And the whole time I'm like, dude, if this is how they treat me, I can't imagine what the big leagues are going to be like. And and I honest to God think they thought I was somebody else. But so anyway, I went and got my physical. They said, yeah, you're probably not going to play for a while. (laughs) I got on a commuter uh, train. I'd never ridden a train before. And they drove me across, and I met the short season team in Salem, Kaiser. Okay. And I think I went from literally like 26,000 people to like 26 people <laughs> at my first pro game. And, of course, I'm just in street clothes, and I've got the trainer ultrasounding like my groin for a good two straight weeks before I even stepped foot on the field. So it was kind of a, kind of a slow start. It was – Honestly, you know, you don't know any better, but our dressing room was, we played at a muni park, basically. And it was a 400-yard freaking uphill to your clubhouse. Everybody's exhausted by the time they climbed all the steps. Um, Unique town, unique ballpark. Had an okay season. Once I got going, I mean, I think I hit 270 or something, and I only had like 75 at-bats, which wasn't horrible. Um, My first game actually playing, I caught Felix Hernandez. So, of course... All the brass, yeah, all the brass is there, and uh, I'm coming off of a groin injury, so I don't really feel good. And he's just 96 with sink. All the guys I caught in college had electric four seam fastballs and just filthy out pitches, but this was like the first really heavy two seamer that I that I had caught. And of course, it's my first game out there, so I've boxed a couple. I didn't really have a great game, and I'm thinking, Jesus, they're gonna cut me right now. Um, but it was. It was a blast. I mean, that 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 was a good year. And then it was just managing expectations for me. And up to this point, I had kind of just been happy to be there. Yeah. <laughs> I think, like I mentioned, I, I mean, I think I, I think I worked myself into being a great b- baseball player, in particular, uh, the set of skills it took to catch. So, I mean, realistically, I was a two-tool player. I mean, it was defense and throwing. Yeah. Um, in college, I think I threw 60% out. I mean, wow. it was just, okay. yeah. that was my, that was my calling card. Yeah. And, uh, so I got into pro ball going, okay, great. Well, the book, I guess on me is <laughs> I was tabbed a potential big league backup, like the day I was drafted. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well I can, that would be great. I would love to be a big league backup. I'd love to make league minimum and play one every four or five games. Um, I proved I could hit 220 at every level, <laughs> which is kind of the barometer yeah. for the backup catcher yeah. position, which now, hell, I, those guys hit 170. So I'm like, I I'm know, way right? better God, than that. It's crazy. It's, it's, and we can go into that in a minute, but holy smoke. So for me, it was like, okay, obviously I've got things I've got to work on. Coach Pierce, who's the head coach at UT now, when he was the assistant at Rice, he and I worked a lot. He was one of the best coaches I had in saying, okay, here's what here's what the perception of you is what do you want to be how do you want to fix it and let's put the work in so i remember working and working and working with him um i'm like okay where's that going to be in pro ball who's going to be the guy that i can kind of relate to and that's yeah and it was like where's what what they did do is my first year in pro ball come to spring training go to instructs and it's like all right you're going to learn the catching position from the ground up pretend you don't know anything Okay. I was a guy that collapsed his knees and wasn't the best receiver in the world. I reached a lot, elbow flew. Well, we're going to fix that. And so they got me catching back in my hips with my knees out, which is a whole nother level of flexibility. So I might as well have been learning the shortstop position. Yeah. And so there was some, 
there was some bitterness, if I'm being honest, because here I am, I'm drafted. You thought I was good enough to come play defense. I'm already projected as a major league backup, and you're taking my my two tools that I'm good at, and you're breaking me down and making me the same as everybody. We all caught the exact same way in the Mariners system. And, and the catching instructor was phenomenal, and Roger Hansen. And, I, I mean, yeah. I think the world of him, he's one of the best catching guys in baseball. And I'm thankful he did it because it ext- I, my knees weren't going to last doing it the way that I was doing it anyway. And everything that we did, eventually, after a year of fighting that flexibility, I blocked better, I threw better, I received a whole lot better. So it was all beneficial, but I'm still not addressing the things that are going to keep me out of the big leagues, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, I could have yeah. been Crash Davis. I, I could and when we get to the point where I'm contemplating whether I'm playing another year, I wasn't released. I ended up asking for a release. I mean, they were not going to get rid of me just because of the value I brought behind the plate. I can go work with younger pitchers. I could be crash Davis without the home runs. Yeah. But I, I never got what I needed to fix the flaws in my swing and kind of take me to the next level. And I didn't realize my flaws until I actually started coaching kids myself. That's so, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It, which was frustrating, but um, ended up playing high A in California, had a great time there. You know, the old, that was my first year without a host family. That was four guys in a three bedroom apartment. And in reality, we always had a fifth guy sleeping on the couch of course, to yeah, help yeah. with the rent. Yeah. <laughs> that was the gas over there. I don't know how you guys do it. I mean, it was like <laughs> six bucks to fill up. Thank God I was driving a civic. I got a truck now. I don't think I would just been, you, you'd be they would have taken me. Buddy. I just wouldn't have been able to make, I wouldn't have been able to make the bills. Right. Yeah. So, um, I've always found it crazy that these major league clubs just don't go buy a block of apartments and let the guys stay there and yeah. write it off in their taxes. Uh, right. it, it's mind-boggling to me. And the fact that I'm try- we're all scraping together, we got to go get a cashier's check at the sketchy freaking Quickie Mart up the road in San Bernardino, <laughs> California, next to the check cashing. It was insane. And here we- and we're divvying up money, and this guy's short, and it's like, it's insane. Luckily, I roomed with Michael Garcia Parra, okay. uh, Nomar's brother good that year, and so he's a good buddy. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Still uh, he's see done him all a heck the time. of a job. Yeah. How about his uh, organization out there? Yeah. Man? They no, it's big. Man. It. Yeah, yeah. He does great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's awesome. So luckily, his folks were close enough by where we could go get all their old junky furniture they were going to get rid of, and we furnished our apartment with <laughs> the Garcia Parra's throwaway stuff, which nice. was great. That's all we needed. <laughs> we you know the mattress on the floor, the freaking uh, egg the milk carton crate that I put a lamp on. And back then it, you're watching DVDs on the mini DVD player. Yeah. It was just like groundhog day. Yeah, and, for sure. And, and I, it was fine out there. Um, I didn't have as much fun as I did in Wisconsin. Uh, and then the next year, obviously went to, uh, to double a, got to play in San Antonio close to home. Mm-hmm. So my folks and my, uh, fiance were able to come out. Um, actually, actually got engaged over the all-star break in oh, high a okay uh which was kind of kind of a cool story i didn't i wasn't a power hitter by any means i did hit well in the cow league home runs per at bat wise um which you're gonna look at my stats and go dude you hit six and i'm like yeah but i only had like 170 at bats so that's pretty good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the day before i'm supposed to go home and i i had to call her dad and ask his permission over the phone because i'm not there yeah and so i had it planned um i was gonna pick her up in my civic we're gonna go downtown to a restaurant i couldn't afford and that's all I had planned at that point. Yep. But the, I played the day game before the All-Star break. It hit two bombs in one game against, I think it was Lake Elsinore. They passed the hat back then. Beautiful. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so I, I, I think I ended up getting about 800 bucks. And, and when I came home, I rented a limo with it and oh, picked her up in a you. limo. And, yeah, Big it was time, kind of man, a baller boy. back then. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, proposed while the waiter was bringing our check. So like I said, up to that point, I did a good job. The actual fumbled the actual uh, request. But anyway, so my fiance could come up and watch me play in San Antonio. And I remember my brothers give me so much hell back then before like streamable Internet. My family had wires run and speakers and all they could listen to was like the team broadcast yep. that they're picking up through the through the sketchy Internet. And man, they're like, brother, you have no idea how miserable life was at home if you were playing that night. And Pop's got the, the you know, the speakers wired up. We can't watch TV. <laughs> but, uh, it was fun, man. And, and uh, played a, the first half. It was the first time ever I got an extended period to start. Okay. And we had had some injuries. Um, I had always split time. Um, and then that year, and you know how this goes, the Mariners drafted Jeff Clement in the first round third, third pick, pick overall yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so really every year in the mariners system the the catchers would report to spring and you'd work with the pitching staff you were going to break with mm-hmm. i was never surprised i was never oh i hope i make it to high eight like i knew where i was going to start yeah. based on the pitchers i caught all year that year <laughs> jeff signed and he jumped me immediately and i'd been in the system for three years yeah. like, holy smokes so um i remember one one game i had in high a <laughs> ninth inning i tied the game with a double off the left field wall extra innings walked him off with a double off the right field wall i remember coming in the next morning and my name's not in on the roster and in the back of my mind i'm like i'm probably not going to be playing but geez if there was ever a day to reward a guy <laughs> yeah, for a good seriously, night right and i'm not playing uh, yeah and Ka- our hitting guy henry Cotto, who i had for a couple of years and i loved Cotto, i go he goes, what are you upset about? I said, Jesus, man, what do I got to do to get in the lineup two straight days? And he goes, you really think you're going to play for two straight days? <laughs> That's kind of when I knew this might – I might have yeah. run my course. Yeah. I always knew that in the back of my head, but to have somebody that you work with every day kind of just call it what it is. Yeah, gosh. Yeah. That, that truth yeah. serum where you're like, oh, man, I didn't need to hear that. Yeah, so I went to spring the next year, and I said, okay, man, my my thing had always been if I'm going to – I will continue to play as long as I'm progressing. I mean, yeah. I got a college degree. I, I don't – I'm not – I don't – I'm not an unrealistic person. I'm probably not going to become a major league all-star. So I will play as long as I'm progressing and not going backwards. Mm-hmm. And um, so that double-A season, I was sharing time with Jeff. Jeff got uh, promoted to triple-A. So I had kind of – they moved the guy around, but I was kind of starting for the first time ever. Um, and just nasty collision in oh, Little Rock. Gosh, actually, yeah. actually, a kid I grew up with, believe it or not. Um, we, a guy that, that I had put – Matt Pauley, it was, it was with the uh, Angels. Okay. And he was a Houston guy too. We played select ball growing up, rival high schools. And uh, play at the plate, I jumped up for it, came down, and my foot stuck, and he just smoked me. It was le- illegal – wasn't a dirty play or nothing. Um, of course, my parents back home listening on the spotty Wi-Fi thought I had been killed. The oh, way geez. that the announcer yeah. was describing the event, they thought it was a head injury. But I, I tore my ankle all up and, and never was able to, to rehab it. I tried to rehab it there, couldn't put weight on it, and eventually they sent me back to the desert uh, to rehab. And once once you're there, I mean, the season's over. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Did you have, have going surgery? In, no, I never did, but I had to stay off of it. Yeah. A- anytime I put weight on it, it wasn't healing. Um, oh, gosh, that's so, brutal. you know, just a lot of, lot of injuries, a lot of just crazy, just nagging stuff that it just for catching for so many years. That's why I look at like 
the guy you had on last week talking about Yachty. I mean, it's just insane. Yeah, I, know, I do right? a catching lesson for an hour and I, I can't walk the next day. It's incredible. <laughs> so I went into spring the next year kind of going, okay, this is the first year. I don't really know where I'm going. Yeah. I think I might know where I'm going. And I remember uh, going up to Roger uh, Hanson, the catching guy, like the next to last day and saying, all right, man, what's going on? He goes, well, here's the deal. If so-and-so gets moved up and this guy, I was like five chains, five links it. down the yeah, chain. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes, you could go to high end start. You could go to double A and back up. You could go to triple A and back up. At that point, you're an organizational player, yep. right? So um, I said, well, I'll tell you what, you know, he goes, are you good with any of those scenarios? And I said, well, I mean, let me think about it. Let me pray on this a little bit. This is, I don't want to quit, but I also, I just got married, right? I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't really. I tip my cap to the guys that can do it, but that wasn't something I was going to start my life doing. Yep. Um, so I went back, I talked to Carrie about it. I talked to my folks and, and ultimately decided I'm going to go in there and, and ask for my release. Well, just so happened that all the moves that needed to happen for me to go backwards happened anyway. So it just reinforced my there decision. Yeah, and, and actually they asked me to stay on and coach and which I was flattered. Um, but I'm like, well, let me get this straight. I'm going to make the same, if not worse pay. <laughs> the guy at, at the big league level, there's only one. Um, no, nah, I'm good. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, so yeah, same yeah. lifestyle, same pay, yeah. not getting to play. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Now I get to watch. Sometimes I play. wish maybe I. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, maybe I should have given it a shot and gotten in there. But uh, you you got to pay your dues just as much in that yeah, system. Oh, yeah, I mean, you know how it works. Yep. Yep. Yeah, the umpires are working their way up. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you look at the log jam. I mean, hell, I played for the same guy for uh, two of my three years. That he's getting stuck at each level, yeah. you know. So it's uh, it's anything but easy. For no, sure, I would so. agree. I mean, pro ball, man, that's sounds great. You get yeah. throwing a cool uniform, but man, there's a lot of tough days. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember going to the bar after games and, and hanging out with the umpires that were in, <laughs> and it was like you talk about a log jam. I mean, yeah. my God, they you can't get traded if you're an umpire. No, there's like. I don't know. I mean, four times how many games each night? I don't know. There's probably 40 or 50 umpires, I would guess. Maybe a couple more. Yeah. And you can do it until you're Joe West stage. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> and, and you're not leaving. Yeah. How many guys are yeah, shot down? Yeah. Now that once they get there, it's they're not leaving. So, yeah, that's – I mean, no. that's, a br that's a brutal existence. Oh, yeah. So it kind of, kind of made the decision for me. Um, and, and, you know, like most people in the off seasons, I was doing lessons here yeah. and there. And uh, I remember going back that off season and, and going, well, I guess I, you know, I kind of already missed my window to intern. <laughs> my man, I had a management degree in, in sports management from Rice. I had a double major from Rice, but it's like, all right, I'm 27. Yeah. And uh, I've kind of missed the window where yep. I can go not make any money. No, and yeah, go you got to start somewhere. making money. God, I know that feeling yeah. too. Yeah. 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 So, um, the lessons just started freaking, I, you know, I was subbing, <laughs> I was substitute teaching in the off season. I was the worst sub in the history of the world. <laughs> and it was not, it was just because I'm, I'm looking at it as like, all right, 15 minutes, 15 minutes till this bunch of, uh, yeah, anyway, yeah. 15 minutes till I get the new batch of kids. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm like, well, I, I can't, I'm not fit for that. Yeah, and, uh, so the lesson thing just to took a teacher, off. Huh? Yeah. No, no. My wife's a teacher. She, oh, she, she's a teacher for a reason. Yeah, she yeah, cares exactly. about people more yeah. than I do. Yeah. I would try to help, I, especially if I had baseball class with that. You know, one of the local area high school guys would call me and go, "Hey, I'm going to be out. Can you cover my class?" Hell yeah, I can hit fungo. I can run a practice. Let's yeah, do it. You yeah, know, yeah. I got to get through four periods of health, but I can do the baseball <laughs> yeah, part at exactly. the end. So, 
Um, so I came back and the lessons thing just took off and I was working at the back of a print shop. So when I would come home, I, the, the place that I always grew up hitting was just a family friend whose son also played at our high school. They had a print shop up the road from where I lived and they had built a cage and they were nice enough to let me run my lessons out of there. And it was for a week. Well, then it turned into, I came home and it went from four a week to 20 a week to 30 something a week to where I'm having to turn people away because I'm just limited on time to the point where they were giving me a key and going, all right, we'll just lock up when you're done, <laughs> you know? And, and so I kind of overstayed my welcome there and, and went in with my high school coach and actually uh, helped build a, faci- a small three tunnel, nice. you know, cage. And, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and so I did that full time coach some summer ball. Um, and man, I, I loved it. I yeah. really did love it. Um, do you do lessons too, or do you just do the high school? I, I don't do many. I, I used yeah. to do a ton. It was a very similar situation where you start small, you start small um, word of mouth kind of takes over. You get some more opportunities, and all of a sudden you look up, you're like, wow, I got to start turning people away. Because like you said, don't have the time, don't have the, the – yeah. I didn't have a facility. So that was that was a good move by you. Well, yeah, well, it was, again, kind of backed into it. But it was um, – it got to the point where I felt like I, I got stuck doing it yeah. because the money was so good. Um, the hours were flexible. I didn't have children yet. So my wife would work part. She, she was a teacher. And once we had our first kid, she went to half time and I'd be home with my son in the morning. She'd come home. We'd have lunch together. And that was kind of our family time. And then I'd three to 10 every yeah. night, just yeah. grinding it out. And then you're having to take off work because grandma's turning 65 and now you're going, well, geez, I, I'm not working. And I, I didn't like that aspect of like, if I'm not working, I'm not getting paid. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it in that I got paid as hard as I wanted to work, but I'd get pissed if I had to take off. I yeah, felt like no, I was, be- yeah. and it was that, it was money. that baseball mentality, that, yeah. that work mentality where it's like, what am I doing? I should be up in the cage doing something. I'm, I'm at home on Saturday morning, just, in, just enjoying myself going, I probably could have got a couple more kids in this week, (laughs) you know, and I didn't like, I I didn't like living that way. It it, it got, it got tough. I I get it. And that's, I mean, that kind of goes back. I mean, you know, what, what was your emotional state when you're done playing? Where were you at mentally? I mean, it sounds like you wanted to stay in the game a little bit with the lessons, but where were you at? I I did. Well, I don't know. I, I, I transitioned. I think I transitioned fine. I, well, let me take that back. When I got out of baseball, I was still under the impression. I can relate to the guys that have been on that have said, man, you know, you looked at everything as a competition. Yeah. You know, and I and I, I remember I remember being so conflicted watching the guy that I was splitting time with play and going, God dang, man, I hope he goes over. I hope he goes over and I hope they're ugly strikeouts and I hope he throws the ball in the center field. And then not, you know what I mean? That, yeah. that idea of like, this is, that's not a healthy way to live. Man. No. That's like, you know, but at the same time, I know he's thinking the same thing about me. Yeah, yeah for sure. Right. Yeah. And that, well, that, the one exception was Jeff Clement. I mean, it was like the nicest guy ever. And I'm like, I want to hate this guy and I can't hate this guy. Like super Christian, nice guy. Yeah. Like, and, and the short time we played together, I mean, he was, he was great to be around. Yeah. Um, but, but I remember thinking, okay, I feel like I got further than I should have gotten given my talent level, but I also still feel like I kind of got screwed. Yeah. I, I was like, like I said, I don't feel like I ever got over the hump, never really got a consistent chance to play every day. 
um, which I, like I said, I did. And then I, my, you know, injury cut it short. Um, so there was kind of this, well, man, should I stick around? Should I, and I got a call from some indie teams. And again, I think had I been single still, I I probably would have jumped on that at least given it another shot and shuffled the deck somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't get another call. I told my agent, I, you know, I kind of pigeonholed myself as I'll play close to home. I got to get a fan. I may get started in my life here. Um, and I think, I think that, college degree was kind of weighing on me too you know again rice yeah i think good school man yeah and i'm like in a way i'm like i I don't want to look up and be 30 and not feel like i've started my life yet (laughs) and sure enough i got to 30 and i'm like i don't feel like i've really started my (laughs) life yet so i remember being at my wife threw a party for me and i remember just being kind of uh 40, I, I turned 40 just fine. I mean, that yeah. just happened a couple, actually I had COVID when I turned 40. Oh, so my wife slid me a, slid me a sandwich under the door and wished me the best, you know, <laughs> but um, 30 was tough because I just didn't feel like I'd accomplished anything. And I think I still, to this day, I think I still carry that with me. Like, man, you know, I, do I have enough money saved? Well, I've spent a whole decade just kind of not saving any money. Right. I mean, like I, I and I'm a conservative guy by nature. Yeah. So like, we're in a great spot, but it's like, man, maybe I should have gotten, maybe I should have gotten started a little bit sooner. So it's this, it's this play back and forth between man, I wouldn't trade that for anything, but also, man, maybe I could have been doing something else, you yeah. know? And it's, yeah, no, I know it, the feeling, it, man. Yeah. 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 The duality, you always tend to compare tough, right? yourself. Yeah. It is, it is. Um, but man, it's opens it's opened so many doors though. I mean, it's and and when you honestly step back and you say, Man, we're on this earth for how many years and then we're gone. Yep. What are you really left with? It, yep. Except the memories of bus rides and guys blowing up bathrooms during the bus rides <laughs> oh, or you know, the stupid stuff that, that you know, that nobody else can even relate to. No, I know. When you tell these so stories unique. and they're like yeah, they're like, you paid a guy how much to sleep in the bathroom for the entire trip? <laughs> and how long was that trip? And you're like, yo, no, that was just normal. Yeah. How many burgers? Yeah, I had a buddy that threw up all over himself trying to eat. Uh, I think the bet was five four-by-fours in 30 minutes oh, from in man. and out. And oh, that's fully brutal. loaded, and he just he got to about four and a third, and it, everything came up. But <laughs> oh, that was like what you occupied your day with. Yeah. And you're like, all right, now we got to go to the yard. <laughs> It's pointless. Yeah, BP. We got stretched yeah. in an hour. Yeah, here we go. Uh, but but I always, like I mentioned, I was addicted to the work part of it. And I felt so indebted to myself and so indebted, even indebted to my parents who sacrificed a lot. I mean, my dad showed me his W-2s from when we were growing up. It's like, holy smokes, how did we afford to go on this trip? Yeah. Uh, we figured it out, man. Yeah. It's like, man, they sacrificed. And I'm like, I'm not going to get into pro ball and screw off and run the bars every night, especially if I don't know if I'm playing tomorrow, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think had I been an everyday player, it might have been a little different, but yeah. I almost treated it like a pitcher's mentality where, man, I may have to go tomorrow. Yeah, today's and, my and start I day, yeah. Yeah, and I, I'd be truthful, I didn't touch a beer till my senior year in high school anyway. I got most of that out of my system in college. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I treated it seriously. I, I went to my lifts, even if I didn't want to go lift. I got there early. I was always taking extra BP. Um, and in psychology, I think there's a term called an, uh, an overworking underachiever. And it was almost like I was addicted to the work part more than I was the, the result part. Yeah. Because I think I felt like the script had already been written for me with that organization. It's like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to bust my tail, but I don't know how to convince anybody that I'm anything more than what they've already tapped. Yeah, the projected me at, right? backup at some point. Yeah. 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 So, 
so part of me what wishes I could have reshuffled and said, okay, man, Astros, let's give it a shot. White mm-hmm. Sox, let's let's yeah. somebody else let give me a fresh start and let me let me try this over again. And and but again, like I said, I, there were were things that looking back, yeah, I I had some issues that had I addressed them sooner in my swing, I probably could have fixed some things and and been a little bit of a different player. But at the same time, given where we came from, uh, I think I overachieved yeah. given where I started. So it's this weird. <laughs> yeah, I would have liked to have done more, but man, I sure am grateful for the opportunities that I got. You know? Yeah, and I think I mean that's a that's a great point. That's I feel like a lot of the same kind of sentiment in a lot of ways. It's like you know would have loved playing the big leagues. We'll say that till I'm blue in the face, but you know it it was still awesome. And the memories you talk about, and you know what are we truly left with? You know, if you didn't make fifty yeah. million dollars, twenty million dollars, like you're you're left with memories that are, they really are special and hilarious and. You know, kind of, kind of staying with that point. So, you know, we kind of always end with best stories. And you hit on the in and out thing earlier, but do you have a certain story <laughs> that like jumps out? I mean, whether it be funny, whether it be you know something happened that is we'll never forget. I don't know. What do you got? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we we've had <laughs> I, there was so I mentioned Omaha, yeah, and I mentioned the uh, the walk off. Uh, so I ended up getting the walk-off hit off of houston street okay that nice. night so like that night our career paths trajectory is mine was mine was over his and then after that we traded places pretty quickly <laughs> but i remember coming in and that game was tied and the only reason it was tied was because i threw a guy out at second they called him safe there was no review back at the at, at in those days yeah. obviously and manager went out and argued and the only angle that showed him safe was the umpire's hat cam. Every other angle, he was out. So <laughs> tie game, that run ended up scoring, tied the game. So we came in in the ninth, and I was due up third, and I had to go to the bathroom. So I went in there. I hear the place go crazy. So I'm like, oh, my God, somebody already won it. I went to zip my pants up, and the friggin' zipper comes off in my hand. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, I, I am going to be on national television with my pants unzipped i couldn't get it fixed back and i'm like i'm about to be on the so i hurried up and dropped my stuff and uh so we had our leadoff guy had gotten on my roommate dame belt bunted him over and so i'm up to the plate and the only thing i'm thinking about is i hope you can't see in my pants and I, i'm so you see i take the first swing it was an ugly swing and i'm just folding my pants over to where my zipper is not completely exposed <laughs> And I'm up there for a full at bat, five pitches, and I hit one up the middle. We won the game, and I immediately untucked my shirt and started. So I think I kind of helped set that trend of untucking the shirt on on walkups. <laughs> nice. um, no, but but so that was a good one. Um, but man, I, I, what a lot of it, a lot of what I've enjoyed since I've gotten out of this. You know, I, I still get to do lessons part time. I work for an oil and gas company now. I'm actually in my office. Um, and that transition from the lessons into what I do now has freed me up to do. If I go work with kids now, I work with kids that I want to work with. Yeah. I don't just fill fill the clock with thirty hours of nine year old Johnny, whose dad has the yeah he hits he hits with contact, but we're trying to get his power. Okay, if he doesn't if he can't hit it can't hit a double, he's not good. Yeah. Like that's where we're at, right? Yeah. I don't want to hear you. So it's freed me up to coach my son's team. It's freed me up to work with high school players in this area. And I mean, the, the success stories of those guys has been awesome. Um, but that transition from that into the office job, um, 
that that one's been interesting but in a sales position you can go in and talk about yourself all day and people love hearing baseball stories yeah, yeah, so that's it's true. actually that's it's a pretty point. good so especially so, if you're hitting a walk off against ut yeah yeah so a lot of the a lot of those stories i've shared but i did have one in um in Topeka in summer ball, who I think Zach had played, uh, he stayed with the same host family I had okay, up there actually. Nice. Um, we had had Elkhart liberal. So, I mean, I think it was six, eight hours drive by van. You're driving okay. in vans. You don't even get buses. Yeah. And, um, we had a guy that met the team out there. So he had a truck, which was like, Oh my God, we can actually go to the store and get something to eat. We don't have to wait for the vans to leave. Well, that night we had been on the road, I think for a week and a half. And this is this isn't, this isn't even like lower levels, minor league. This isn't peanut butter and jelly. This is like, it's costing you money to do this. You're not getting paid. (laughs) You're sleeping in the same double bed with a guy you just met, like in the same bed, like it's four guys in a two two bedroom or in a two bed uh, hotel room. Well, this guy shows up and he's got a truck. So it starts pouring and we're like, we got to get, we got to get the hell out of here. The next game that day was slated for, I guess it was like a noon start time in Liberal, which like Clinton, Iowa, had some kind of plant across the street that when they burnt off whatever they were, I think it was a chicken plant Ooh. or a dog food plant or something like that. It was dis- it was a disgusting place. We're like, well, it's raining. It's we got to. So we tried to pull the Bull Durham where yeah. we run it. Let's go make sure that this thing gets rained out. So. Getting this guy's truck again. Just met the guy. I don't even remember who it was. He had literally just come up to join the team. We get in the truck, go up there, turn the sprinklers on, sit there and watch like we've just accomplished something great. The flood is the field's flooded. It's pouring. We're like this is great. They're gonna bang this thing out. We're gonna get out of here in the morning. We actually get to get back to Topeka and get some sleep. The I think the entire town of Liberal showed up at like nine a. They're out there with hose and diamond dry. So instead of playing at noon, I think we started at like eight thirty that night. Oh, jeez! Fi- finally got the field prepped. It was like the worst backfire in the history of the world. We ended up leaving that place at one in the morning. Anyway, so it, it wasn't as sleep, simple dude. as I yeah, would have thought. No sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was brutal. Oh, so. that's funny. But that's what it is, man. Those are that's what you did it for. So yeah, I, agree. I don't know. That's uh, that was the good the good times of nice, it. But man. I enjoy I enjoy my life now, and and I'm grateful for everything I've gotten to do with this game. And like I said, I still get to be involved. Yeah. Um, I had some college coaching opportunities coming out, and like I said, I I just felt like it was time to kind of progress and move on. No, so, for sure. Um, and again, you go, go back to like the the Rice College degree is a big deal, and you know just mm-hmm. the the prestige of the university and especially with the success you've had i mean just i'm sure it's opened plenty of doors so that makes sense man. Yeah, That's, I, I get it i met my president i met the president of my company doing lessons for his kid yeah there in you fact go. sidebar the kid that ran into me at home plate that i grew up playing with <laughs> i told you we, we knew each other from houston well we yeah. both got back that off season and i was actually renting him cage space to do lessons oh, well my boss had two kids and I, he wasn't my boss yet but there was two brothers and i couldn't work them both in i was too busy so i said hey you know, you work with this kid, I'll work with the older one. Well, <laughs> the president got wanted to hire a guy. Well, and Matt wasn't he was done with the lesson. So he actually took the job that I now have at the company I work for, the Tanmar Reynolds, and we do oil filled service uh, oil filled rentals and whatnot. He was the first corporate salesman for that company. Oh, wow. I ended up I ended up taking his job. So he, he indirectly ended my baseball career and I ended up getting hired to replace him when I finally said, I'm done with this. I got to get out of this. I'm, Beautiful. I'm, yeah, I can't do it anymore. That's yeah, fitting. So. 
Yeah, yeah. So I've been there for ten years. It's good people, and nice. so happy awesome. where we're at. But, yeah, good uh, for yeah. you, man. That's awesome. That's good. Yeah, to hear. I'm, so. I'm glad to hear it. Well, I, I appreciate Absolutely. you coming on, man. It's you know, it's funny because you know, talking to Zach, and he's like, "Hey, my junior college catcher, man. He's awesome. He's you know, one of the best defensive yeah. guys I've ever thrown to." So. Well, Pretty cool. He, I, I, oh, ooh, while we're on it, I do have one more story. Yeah, hit it. About how uh, uh, tarp drill. Can I tell this, Zach? Yes. Yes, you can. <laughs> tarp drill at Sand Jack, a lot different than tarp drill at at Rice. Tarp drill at Rice, you get a phone call at 11 o'clock at night from your coach, and you just hit do not answer and hang it up. You don't show up to tarp drill in junior college, man. You're running oh, for the rest yeah. of, of your existence. Yeah. So. Of course, we're all out there. Most everybody was probably already drunk at that point. And uh, we show up, and Zach notoriously would wear uh, uh, creepy. It's just creepy. He'd wear uh, athletic shorts, no underwear. So here he comes, athletic shorts, no underwear, and some Mexican poncho I think he had on. And so the first thing we do is freaking pants him and throw his, throw his shorts over the fence in the port down rain. So he's doing tarp drill butt naked and has to go get his pants after we finish pulling the tarp on. Oh <laughs> it was awesome. Oh, oh, only in that junior college, man. Yeah. Only in junior college. Yeah. And then we probably had to run for it the next day if I had to guess. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, anyway, good times. Yeah. He loved he loved when I'd call uh, Cutter and then he'd throw a two-seamer and rip my thumb off. That yeah, was, yeah. That's I a... think that was great fun for him. Yeah, so anyway, right. a good arm, though. Absolutely oh, yeah. a good arm. I know, so. man. Anyway. Really good. So well, good stuff, anyway, man. I enjoyed it. it. Yeah, yeah. Nice meeting you, and God, man, good, good on you on all, all the success. That's awesome. Uh, well, thank you for having me, and uh, thank you guys. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon, brother. Thanks. All right, buddy. All Bye. right, see you. There it is, and thanks so much for listening. And that was Justin Ruckty, and you know it's so interesting to listen to tax ball players, you know, a lot of us, because. You know, so often we buy into kind of the narrative about us as players. And, you know, most of the time when you're getting a lot of constructive criticism, it tends to be criticism and, and perceived as negative. And I think it's so interesting to talk about or to hear Justin talk about, you know, that the ceiling for him was a big league backup and you start to kind of buy into it. And, you know, when a guy like him is, as he mentions, addicted to the work and, you know, just talking to his, some people that know him, I mean, it was absolutely the case. I mean, you wonder what it would be like if they would have just said, hey, man, you got a chance to be a big league starter, and if that would have changed everything. And, and, you know, I think the other thing that he brings up that was so interesting is when you get to pro ball, you know, you're around some terrific coaches, you know, guys with major ability to, to teach, but sometimes what you do is individual to yourself that you do really well. And Justin talks about, you know, making those adjustments to his, to his mechanics, but by the same token, you wonder if, if you kind of stick to your guns. And it's kind of the same concept of, so often in life, you just kind of have to stick to your guns. It may be unorthodox. It may not make sense to everybody, but if you do that, you can find your success. So really enjoy this episode. It was really cool hearing about you know just the World Series experience and getting a game-winning hit and in that moment and just how awesome it was for the hometown boy. But you know just, just overall really cool and such a good guy and so glad to hear he's successful now. So hope you enjoyed this one again. Talk to you soon. Have a great week. Thanks.